I do commend Muhammad Ali for standing up for what he believed in, but I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. I wasn't a politician when I was playing my sport. You know, I was focused on my craft. Was that selfish? Probably, but that was my, that was my energy. That's where my energy was. Welcome to episode 8 of Shut Up and Dribble. Some of you might recognize the voice from that last clip. It was Michael Jordan speaking about his role in politics during episode 5 of The Last Dance. And that's what this podcast is all about, exploring the different roles of athletes in social justice. And today we'll be focusing on a specific aspect of social justice that often gets overlooked, environmental justice. I'm lucky to have Davis Mead with me here to discuss the efforts of one NBA player in particular. Welcome to the podcast, Davis. Thanks for having me on, Ben. All right, we're talking about JaVale McGee, and I'm especially excited about this episode because being from Denver, I actually grew up watching him play. But for our listeners who might not know, who's JaVale McGee? Yeah, JaVale McGee is a seven-foot-tall NBA center, someone you would notice walking down the street for sure, who currently plays for the Denver Nuggets. He was the 18th pick in the NBA draft in 2008 and is a three-time NBA champion. But he does more than just play basketball. He's a leader and activist off the court. I'm embarrassed to say I don't know much at all about his activism away from the game. I mean, he's not a superstar like LeBron James or Tom Brady, so he doesn't garner the same attention from social media, but that doesn't mean he's not making a difference. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think what makes McGee's contribution so unique is that he's the perfect level of fame where he has the money and he has the following, but he's not the face of the game like a LeBron or a Jordan. I actually sort of stumbled upon McGee's contributions as an activist when I was looking at water as a key factor in the emerging environmental justice movement. And I'll show you some of the opening sound bites from the video that drew me into the work that McGee is doing with his foundation, Jug Life. Jug Life focuses on education. We believe building a water well at a school will benefit a village because the children can go to school to learn and bring clean water home for their families. Before we decide to build a water well, we visit the school and see what their needs are. We will frequently visit the school to administer geographic surveys of the land. Once we are clear, we approve for construction. Then the trucks and the equipment roll in. The machines drill a borehole, and once we hit water, we build a water well. We place a concrete casing on top with the water pump, providing clean water for the children, teachers, and their families. You didn't hear it in the clip, but the foundation is not building a well at just one location. His foundation has now built five wells in Uganda, where they visit every single summer. And this next clip shows why these wells are so important. The disadvantaged communities are fetching water from contaminated ponds. And, uh, you know, these ponds cause them a lot of problems, a lot of challenges. Like uh, they share all these ponds with the animals, and uh, this contaminated water causes uh, waterborne diseases. All right, and apologies, because I know our viewers couldn't see the video like I could, but the Ugandan man speaking in that second video was wearing a Golden State Warriors hat, which is pretty random, but I think I know the answer to this one. Why the hat? Well, yeah, glad you asked. McGee was over there doing his work while he's still playing for Golden State. It might not seem like a big detail, but his setup in California with the league's most popular team was actually perfect for Jug Life's success. I mean, here he is, flying under the radar, of the game's biggest stars, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, 
and yet he gets those guys to come to charity events like his annual softball tournament, and they can raise buckets of money. This all seems a little disconnected. How did McGee, born and raised in the U.S., start working in Uganda? Well, it actually started with the social media trend about hydration. Back in 2013, McGee decided to post his commitment to drinking a gallon of water a day to his social media, where he hashtagged his post, hashtag JugLife. His posts ended up being flooded with positive comments and feedback all around. <laughs> okay, so how do we go from an Instagram hashtag to a full-blown nonprofit foundation operating halfway across the planet? It was actually his close friend and entrepreneur, Kez Reed, who came up with the idea to start selling clothing with Jug Life on it to raise money and awareness for the cause. After continuous positive support, McGee and Reed co-founded Jug Life, which began with their mission to educate others on the importance of drinking as much water as possible and staying hydrated. Alright, so McGee and Reed start Jug Life and they're selling clothing for hydration awareness. How does this turn into an environmental justice issue? The mission of the organization has actually expanded significantly from solely focusing on hydration awareness to also addressing the issue of water and access worldwide. As a native of Flint, Michigan, this problem hits close to home for McGee. According to Reed, JaVale started to do giveaways in Flint, and when we realized the water supply had lead in it, we started giving away bottles of water before the media started talking about it, because JaVale is from Flint and he knew about it. Okay, I get it now that you mentioned the Flint aspect. I mean, it seems like whether you know who McGee is or what Jug Life is, you've heard about Flint. So he saw this issue in his hometown, and then he decided to act. Well, actually, Jug Life already existed before the Flint water crisis. Oh, I just assumed it would be after. Yeah, most people do. But as McGee puts it, we started the foundation before we knew what was going on in Flint. So it's sort of an unfortunate coincidence that it happened. So Flynn was the biggest issue, but it's not the end game for McGee and Jug Life. Exactly. Unfortunately, the issue of clean drinking water doesn't just exist in Flint. There's a water crisis happening around the world. And I think the movement needs to head exactly in that direction, to the areas that don't necessarily get the media attention. And that is where the athletes come in. I'm so glad we got to talk about McGee and Jug Life, because it's pretty different from the usual discussions I have on the podcast. McGee's work isn't explicitly about racial issues, but it centers around underprivileged communities, which tend to be disproportionately made up of people of color. I think that's why McGee's actions haven't received the same attention as other athletes like Colin Kaepernick. We'll discuss the differing roles of athletes like McGee and Kaepernick after a quick break. Welcome back to Shut Up and Dribble, and Davis, I'm excited to discuss the future of the environmental justice movement as it pertains to the sports world. Personally, I never even heard of Jug Life before today, and I think there's a reason for that. It just doesn't demand the same attention as other social issues. Yeah, and that's something that really worries me. It often takes a shocking and tragic event to elicit a response from the LeBron Jameses or Serena Williams of the world. Yeah, and for the ultra-famous black athletes who are always under the microscope, they take a risk every time they even open their mouths to talk about race in our country. It reminds me of something Barack Obama said in that same episode of The Last Dance about the nature of athletes speaking out. Any African American in this society that sees significant success uh, has an added burden. And a lot of times America is very quick to embrace 
a Michael Jordan or an Oprah Winfrey or a Barack Obama, uh, so long as uh, it's understood that you don't get too controversial around broader issues of social justice. So instantly when I hear that, I think of QB Colin Kaepernick and the controversy he sparked by kneeling during the national anthem to protest police brutality. I think what is so unfortunate about that is how speaking out against social injustices and standing up, or even kneeling in this case, for what you believe in can cost you your job or even reputation. I've mentioned this in some episodes before, but I think there's two ways to look at Kaepernick's actions, even if you ignore the radical opinions from both sides. For one perspective, his decision to kneel outraged millions of Americans and increased the divide between the right and left. But another way of looking at it is that he drew much-needed attention to this issue of police brutality that had long been overlooked. Agreed. And I think on the total opposite side of that sort of political scale in the NFL is Drew Brees. Yeah, and for listeners who don't know, Brees is one of the most famous NFL quarterbacks of our time. And he said, quote, I will never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country in reference to fellow NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. And I think he said this just weeks after the murder of George Floyd, which probably didn't help. And his comments sparked a lot of controversy, even backlash from his teammates. Yeah, so I, I want to go back to something you just touched on about drawing attention to police brutality in the past. But what do you think the response would be if an athlete took a similar approach, whether it be sitting out or kneeling in protest of an environmental issue? I think it would make an impact. I mean, if LeBron decided to sit out for a game of the NBA playoffs to bring attention to food and access, for example, people would notice. I mean, I don't think you're wrong there, but how is that ever going to happen? Yeah, I mean, that's the million-dollar question. I think we're closer to seeing bigger-name athletes engage in environmental justice than most people think, though. Some B-list athletes, like McGee, are using their resources and platforms to make positive changes in their communities in regards to environmental justice issues. I think you're right that the trend for athletes is definitely towards more activism. I mean, we've come a long way since the days of Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali. Interestingly enough, as big and famous as they were, they showed two very opposite sides of activism during their careers, with Ali taking strong political stances and Jordan taking a more silent approach. However, in the years since his career ended, he's become very involved, and he recently committed $100 million to combat racism. Yeah, and I think, if anything, the Jordan increased participation proves that activism however you want to define it, is more accessible than ever, especially with the platform that many of these athletes could possess. Yeah, still, with climate and environmental issues, it would be nice to see some of the bigger name athletes, for example, start their own organizations or dedicate resources to fighting these injustices. Or even if a few big names in the sports world sent out a tweet or a post or something on Instagram about an environmental justice cause, that would be huge. I mean, I'm looking at LeBron's Instagram right now, and he has over 84 million followers. I mean, that's crazy to think about the impact he could have. And just the way our social activist world is trending, I don't think there's ever been an era where something as simple as a tweet that may take 30 seconds to write can have such a profound impact, for better or for worse. Yeah, there's no denying that. One thing I would like to touch on is athletes' involvement in voter education and voter encouragement, and also dedication to equal voting rights and initiatives. The power of voting and influencing who makes decisions nationwide, statewide, and even within certain communities is very important. There are tons of examples, especially in recent times, of athletes taking action with regards to voting. 
But how does voter suppression fall in line with other environmental justice issues? When I think of environmental justice, I think of unsafe living and working conditions or a lack of food access for minority communities, not necessarily voting. Okay, here's why. It is all about the manner in which we perceive and act on the issue. It goes back to what we were discussing earlier about slow violence in environmental justice movements and sort of the entire point of this whole conversation trying to figure out how to publicize the environmental justice issues that have been plaguing our country for decades. And the way we might be able to do it is copying the strategies that many athletes use to bring attention to voter suppression. Okay, I think I get it. So it's not about the details of the movement itself, but rather the sort of invisible nature of it. Yeah, exactly. All right, so in terms of using the successful voter participation movement as a model, what are we going to copy from that? I think the best model we can look to, in my opinion, is Chris Paul's work in voter participation. Chris Paul is an NBA All-Star, Chris Paul? Yes. One of the most impactful things he's done as president of the NBA Players Association is getting coaches, staff, and players registered to vote during the past election. Thanks to Paul's work and the work of many of his peers, 15 out of the 30 NBA teams were fully registered to vote, and 90% of the players league-wide were registered to vote the 2020 presidential election. What makes this so impressive is that, according to reports, only about 20% of NBA players voted in the 2016 election. I mean, one factor I think of immediately is that with a polarizing president like Trump, many Americans, and specifically black Americans, would be more compelled to vote. But such a huge increase can't just be attributed to the president. Yeah, you're right. That definitely had something to do with it. But a lot of the progress is still due to Paul is he worked with players to educate them on the importance of getting out and voting and also recruiting poll workers. That's great that he's using his platform as president of the Players Association to make change. When I think of that position, I think of protecting the players, but also exactly what you're talking about, kind of promoting what they want to see done in social media and social activism. But at the end of the day, I mean, what are there, 500 NBA players in the league? It seems crucial that the movement expands past the boundaries of the NBA. I'm just not sure what that would look like. I mean, I've got the perfect example of how it has done just that. Chris Paul went back home and made a difference in his own community of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Recently, he led a march of 2,500 people at Winston-Salem State University to encourage students to vote. At the event, Paul told reporters that it was necessary to encourage students to vote, quote, given the magnitude of the election and everything that is going on right now. Great. I mean, I see the success in NBA voting as more of a publicity thing, but the march in Winston-Salem sets Paul apart from other social media activists that I've covered. Yeah, and that's the key right there for me. He went back to a specific community, one in which he had a personal connection, and made a real difference. In that sense, his movement is directly tied into the environmental justice movement. It's all about local activism, no matter how big the name. When asked about his decision to make Winston-Salem his location of choice, he said, At the end of the day, my foundation will always be rooted here in Winston-Salem. And when I heard we were going to talk about Paul and I was doing some extra research, I found a post-game interview from last season where he talks about the importance of voting. And if the game of basketball is not being discussed, post-game interviews are usually a chance for players to make their broad public or political statements. But in this one, Paul diverts the attention towards a real concrete cause, voting. And he's clearly given it some logistical thought as well. I'll play it here. The win is good, you know, but voting is real. I'm going to challenge all my NBA guys, other sports guys. Let's try to get our entire teams registered to vote. 
You know what I mean? It's a lot of stuff going on in the country. Sports is cool, it's good and well. It's how we take care of our families, but those are the real issues that we, we got to start addressing. The key line for me there is voting is real. And you can tell he means to make change just by the tone of his voice. His focus is narrowed and it's action-based. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. One of my biggest frustrations with the athlete activists nowadays is that their causes are normally pretty noble, but often lack specific direction or action. We need to focus on specific issues in communities like voting in Winston-Salem with Chris Paul or water access in Flint with McGee. That is how you get an overlooked movement off the ground, and then you can take off with it like McGee did by going overseas to Uganda. Well, hopefully you're right, Davis, and we can start to see sort of these localized movements pop up and grow. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, that concludes this week's episode on the Shut Up and Dribble podcast. We'll see you next week. I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive.